No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in. Friday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Sean, it's the last show of the NFL season. We'll kind of do a recap on Monday, but that's it, Sean. This, this is it. Today's the last day. I can see it in your eye. You're not, you're not feeling as good as you were the other, the other day. You're, you're feeling a little down, down in the dumps. Well, no, not down in the dumps. It's just again, it's a weird time, man. You're, you're stoked for the big game coming up on Sunday, but at the same time, you know that you're about to hit sports purgatory, and you know it's ah, baseball starting up in a couple of weeks. Just, you know, you got the NBA. Suns are playing a little bit better, so that helps. That's gonna help it a little bit. But yeah, man, football season's come to an end. Unless you know, if you you can go a full fan of NAU and uh, and their conferences, they're about to start playing football at the end of February. So you, I mean, there is still football being played, you know. You'll have that. You'll have that going for you. Uh, <laughs> yes. So yes, the the last uh, weekend of the NFL season is upon us, and we're going to break it all down. We're going to give you our predictions here for the Super Bowl. But before we do that, Sean, we got a lot of stories in the lead today here on the show. Let's get it started. This is the one they're talking about. I, I wish we had the power to go back to yesterday's program because when we talked about the story that we're going to lead the show with, I believe the direct quote out of Sean Cressman's mouth was, the NBA wants to have an all-star game, they'll have an all-star game. Then LeBron James comes out. That's not and he what says, I said. You said something close. No. You said something particularly said close if, to. I said if the NBA wants to have an all-star game, they've earned the benefit of the doubt to do it safely based on how the bubble went. And if they're going to have an all-star game, <laughs> they'll have one. But... Uh, LeBron James uh, not so happy about the potential All-Star game. As a matter of fact, I do have his exact quote following last night's game. Here it is. I have zero energy um, and zero excitement about an All-Star game this year. Um, You know, I I don't even understand why we're having an All-Star game, but it's the agreement that the Players Association and the league came about, you know, short offseason for myself and my teammates with 71 days. And then coming to the season, um, you know, we were told that we were not having an all-star game. So we had a, a nice little break, um, you know, five days from the 5th to the 10th, you know, an opportunity for me to kind of recalibrate for the second half of the season, my teammates as well, some of the guys in the league. And then they, they throw an all-star game on us like this and, and just breaks that all the way up. So pretty much a kind of a slap in the face. Um, and, you know, we're also still dealing with a, with a pandemic. We're still de- dealing with everything that's been going on. And we're going to bring the whole league into one city that's open. Um, so, you know, obviously um, the pandemic has absolutely nothing to do with it at this point um, when it comes to that weekend. Um, so um, obviously you guys can see I'm not very happy about it, but it's out of my hands. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll be there if I'm selected, um, but um, I'll be there physically, but not mentally. Sean, I, I actually, for the first time, can relate to a superstar of the magnitude of LeBron James because the first thing he said was, I have zero energy or zero excitement about an All-Star game. That's how I feel about the idea of them playing an NBA All-Star game. Zero energy, zero excitement. We talked about it yesterday, but you have the biggest name in the sport coming out and saying that, that I'll be there physically but not be there mentally and talking about how this not a good idea, not something that I sign up for. Man, that's not a good look. Would you miss it? Like, if it's not no, there not as a fan, would you miss it? Because I, I no. agree. I agree with you. Like, you know, if they weren't going to do one, it's not, to me, do you, do you, 
do you care? <laughs> you know, it's it's really not something I go out of my way every year to make sure I tune into if I'm not there working the event, which I've you know worked a handful of them. But it, no, I, I I yeah, I mean, do you? I agree with LeBron James. I mean, it's an odd season right now, um, but from the owner's standpoint, if there's money involved from the broadcast perspective, if there's money involved from putting on an event like that and they can make up some of the lost revenue that these teams are losing right now based on the the fact that most don't have fans in attendance or a very limited capacity if there's money involved then they're going to they're going to find a way to do it if there's a way to save to save some of the revenue lost they're going to find a way to do it right it's not as easy as just oh the players don't want to do this okay we'll, we'll go along and you say no you know what players there's... do enjoy revenue share <laughs> and the right. more there's, revenue there's the league makes, the bigger well. share that they get. Yeah. So if so. there's if there's a way to tie in some more television dollars to up that share, even if it's a, a small one, it's going to help things out everybody. It would help everybody out right now. So all the events you can put on to put on TV for the league, probably a good thing right now, if so they can do it I, safely. I'll, I'll ask you this, Sean. This, this, this week in particular, in the lead-up to the Super Bowl on Sunday, is a pretty big week for a lot of reasons. We normally have... You know, media night, right? Now, I know it used to be media day, but now it's become the uh, media extravaganza that is media night where they have the players in the booths and it's just a, it's a free-for-all for like three hours of just random questions being asked to players. But we also kind of have the Roger Goodell State of the Union, which is a big deal because every reporter that's in town goes to it and they ask questions of Roger Goodell. And it's one of the few times uh, a given year that we see and hear from Roger Goodell about the state of the league and where they're going. He doesn't really touch on things during the year. Uh, we've seen him a little bit more throughout this season because they've been dealing with these COVID protocols. He's had to be a little bit more front-facing and answer some questions with scheduling changes and that kind of stuff. This is normally a pretty big year. Uh, a pretty big time of the year. A little different this year with the way that it's been done. But one of the things that has come out of, of Roger Goodell's media availability this year, Sean, has been his kind of push towards saying, hey, the, that virtual kind of offseason that we had this past year, yeah, that's probably going to stick around this yeah. year as well. We're going to kind of keep that the same way this offseason. Well, and he kind of hint- here's the exact quote, because he kind of hints at not necessarily just this offseason, but how they may have found a way of doing things for the long haul as well. And I can just picture coaches throughout the league and the steam coming out of their ears when he said this. We anticipate that I think a lot of the things that we did last year with respect to training camps, to respect to the offseason, virtual is going to be part of our life uh, for the long term. I think we learned and the coaches learned, the players learned um, that it was actually a very positive way to install offenses and to work uh, in the offseason. So I think we'll see more of that for sure. Um, but I also believe, you know, our coaches feel strongly and, you know, we'll talk about this with the union that there's there's value in the training camp. There's value in practices. There's value in having preseason games where you can develop young players and give them the opportunity to, to get better as football players. You're going to tell NFL head coaches that they have to continue to discuss game plans and installments via Zoom meetings meetings from their house. Have fun with that. Enjoy that, Roger Goodell. Can I listen listen into that Zoom call when you tell everybody that? That's not going to go very well. Um, Like I said, I could just picture the steam blowing out the ears like a cartoon from the head coaches when they heard that. Like, okay, we get it for this year, but don't start hinting like that's going to be the new norm. Long term. Long term is the phrase there in that Don't start hinting that that's going to be the new norm because it ain't happening. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, 
Sean, I unfortunately don't have any 60 seconds of baseball for you today. I think I, I, I kind of told I told a little bit of a fib on the show yesterday because I told you that by the time we did the show on Friday that we would know where Trevor Bauer would be signing. And, and I thought that sure? was the case. Here, hang on because, a second. Well, it sounds like no, you're starting to go down that road. So no, go the, ahead. The Mets, the Mets apparently reportedly put a timetable on this 12 p.m. Eastern. Trevor Bauer, you have to make a decision. We're past We're that. The show. It's, it's past 12 p.m. Eastern, and he hasn't made a decision between the Mets and the Dodgers. So... I don't. I don't have anything for you. I don't. I don't have that he signed with either of these two teams. I wish I did. I wish we had one of the bigger names in free agency sign and we can discuss it. But I don't. I don't have anything for you. I'm not going to get to the 60 seconds. It's not going to happen. That's it. I'm out. I'm out of information. Wow. I mean, we're just going to play the rest Nothing of the song else. here. Like, and wasn't, I'll just there, talk wasn't, wasn't there another signing? There was. Another... I mean, there was a there was a Dexter Fowler trade. He's going yeah, from the Cardinals to the Angels. But I listen. I can't. I, you know, listen. 60 seconds. I, I like to use this time for <laughs> for big time moves, and I don't have it. Well, really coming up, here's so. the here's the thing. This might be your no Monday will be your last sixty seconds of baseball because I told you, through football season, that's what you get. You get sixty seconds of baseball. Well, at uh, Monday after that discussion, you're gonna have some long form baseball conversations. So, there you go. You'll have you have sixty seconds next Monday after that. That's baseball season. All, oh my all the God. time I could all the time I could want, which is which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, coming podcasts up next, are gonna become two hours now with you talking baseball all the time. Coming up next on the program, we begin our Super Bowl preview for Sunday, looking at how this state, this city, Arizona, Phoenix, kind of has a tie to the Super Bowl in a lot of ways. We'll get into it next here on Old Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. Locally owned and operated since 1951, a proud partner of No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone, Earnhardt Auto Centers. If you've lived in the Valley for any amount of time, you know Earnhardt. You know it ain't No Bowl, and you know the Earnhardt Auto Centers difference. North, south, east, or west, doesn't matter where you're at in the Valley. 19 Arizona locations, 21 dealerships, 17 brands, but maybe even easier than just going to the, the location nearest you, nobull.com. Right there at your fingertips, nobull.com, the Noble Express option, thousands of vehicles for you to browse right there online from the comfort of your own home. And you can even complete the entire buying process, including a test drive of a vehicle through the Noble Express option at nobull.com. That's right. They'll bring a vehicle right to your front door for you to, to test drive for the day. Uh, fill out the financial application. When you're done with the purchase, they're going to bring that ride right to your front door as well. Nobull.com, Noble Express option. You know it. Earnhardt, the name you can trust, 69-year commitment from their family years. Earnhardt Auto Centers and nobull.com. That ain't no bull. Now, Sean, you, you might have been a little bit confused by my tease there because Cardinals aren't, you know, playing in this Super Bowl. And they've but only I think been in one. I think we've mentioned mm -hmm. in the lead up to this game in particular that there are just a few ties to the Arizona Cardinals on the two teams that are playing in this Super Bowl. And Tyron Matthew and, and Bruce Arians are probably at the top of that list, but there are plenty. If you go down the list of coaching and, and players that are on that Tampa team, uh, there are ties to the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, Todd Bowles. And you got Tyron Matthew on the other side with the Kansas City Chiefs. But there's more than that, Byron Sean, because Lefwich. there was a list put together on CBS Sports ranking Good old game of rank. Ah, good old rank favorite game I love of, rank em. Here we go. Of every Super Bowl ever, which, by the way, just on its own merit, a ridiculous concept to try to rank Super Bowls. Like what do you it mean? just like because I guarantee you the person who wrote the story wasn't alive for all of the Super Bowls. So I don't think they're a good judge of ranking Super Bowls Still if they did not see the them, game. Schubert. There's this amazing thing called film. And you can watch things. Uh, that you yeah, you had to be for. there. You had to, you, now you had to tell me about the commercials. You needed to be there for the whole process. But gotcha. that being said, 
That being said, this list did have a very Arizona-heavy theme to it. And when you and I were going through this this morning, Sean, we noticed that the Super Bowls that are ranked one and two played here in Arizona, and the one that the Cardinals played in comes in at number 10 on this list. So Arizona, while only being only playing in one Super Bowl, they have a big tie to Super Bowl memories and and the Super Bowl, you know, legacy with some of the bigger moments. I mean, number one on this list is that Patriot Seahawks game where um, Pete Carroll decided to throw the ball uh, on the one yard line late in the game. That's one of the more memorable moments in the modern Super Bowl I era. Think, I mean, it, it definitely is. It's one of the best Super Bowls in history for sure. And then the other one is the helmet catch. Tyree. David Tyree helmet catch. So, but by the way, you're going to sense a theme here. A lot of these at the top include the <laughs> include the New England Patriots. I just want you to yeah. – I just let's get that out of the you way know, here. They're involved a lot. And that's another thing to think about. Like, Tom Brady has an opportunity to win his seventh Super Bowl, right? How close is he to having two? I mean, if you really think about it, even his first one, let's say Vinatieri doesn't make the kick. Let's say Vinatieri doesn't make the kick against the, the Panthers. Let's okay. say that the Falcons do anything decent in the last – quarter and a half of football in that one you know what i mean like no that's fair but i can also play hand, the other end let's of say too. they let's say they hand the ball off to marshawn lynch i mean think about how close he is he's has an opportunity to win number seven but man four of the six that he has very very easily one play could have gone the other direction think about yeah, but that. you could say you could say that about the two giant super bowls right if david tyree doesn't make that miraculous catch and if and if Eli doesn't find Mario Manningham on the left sideline in the other throw. Super Bowl, what a great right? I mean, throw. those those are the two iconic plays from both of those Super Bowls. If those if those passes are incomplete, we, we might be talking about a guy who's going for Super Bowl number ten, right? Because he's got no Super no, Bowl he, number nine. Because he's got yeah, six, that right. would be eight. This would be Super Bowl nine. Lost to so the Eagles. That I, one. You can play this game. You can play this game either way. But your point is very well taken. That. When you play in this many Super Bowls, a play here or there, and instead of talking about a guy going for seven, we could be talking about a guy who's only got like maybe two, and that's still oh on its own. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big enough number. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals do make this list on their own merit at, at number ten with the with the Super Bowl against the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in which Sean and I, and well, I'm going to pull the curtain back here. We talked about the Super Bowl, and I was like, Antonio Holmes got his got his foot down, got both feet down, mm-hmm. which then led to us in our prep meeting. Looking at Google image searches of the of the catch <laughs> to to see if he got two feet down. That he is where we went in prep down. today. I know not Cardinal fans down. want to agree that there's that picture that Cardinal fans throw around all the time of straight behind and it looks like the back foot is up a little bit, but that's it's a millisecond after. There's another picture of toe taps and down. then you want to ask, well, we can't see the ball as his toes are tapping, so where's the ball? You know, you can go down that all you want to. The the the, the the big issue is you just needed one stop and you couldn't get it. You know, it's unfortunate. But it was a phenomenal Super Bowl. They have it at number 10. I think I'd have it a little bit higher than that. I mean, there's there's so many moments in that in that football game that, you know, the the uh, James Harrison interception before the uh, the half, the, the, the way the Cardinals take the lead with Larry splitting the safeties and taking it to the house. And, um, I mean, that was just such a tremendous Super Bowl. And then, of course, the ensuing drive where – the Steelers ultimately go down and get the win. And remember, they missed San Santonio Holmes, let the ball go right through his hands on the play before. Right through his hands. Back of the end zone, leaps up, ball goes right through his hands. They come back to it. They flip it to the other side. You know, I was talking with Bertrand Barry uh, when we were recording his podcast here for um, for the network. And uh, he said he was on the, obviously he was on the field for both those plays. And he said he, he noticed it right away that they were just flipping it to the other side. And he's, he goes, you can see me on the field pointing the other direction, that they're just flipping it. They're flipping it to the other side. And sure enough, mm. they still hit it. 
Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a, it's a phenomenal Super Bowl. It's, it comes in on CBS Sports list number 10. I would actually have it a little bit higher. I just, I, it was a tremendous football game. Uh, and, uh, with, a, with an unbelievable finish, it might be the best throw. It might, it's, you know, you've got the Joe Montana to John Taylor, right? The 49ers over the Bengals as a, as a, basically a walk-off touchdown throw. Um, but in terms of walk-off, t- it wasn't necessarily walk-off because the Cardinals had an opportunity for a Hail Mary, uh, which they didn't get off because Kirk got sacked, but basically a walk-off winning touchdown throw. I mean, that, that's as good as it gets. That ball by Ben was just ridiculous. The catch was ridiculous. That, that winning play might be one of the best plays in Super Bowl history. So I'd have it higher than 10. I'd have it put it this way. I'd have it higher. If we're talking about just entertainment of the games itself, Mm -hmm. I would have it higher than your Jets over the Colts, which they have number nine. But because the significance of that particular game leading to the merger, you have Mm -hmm. to put that one up there for sure. And it was you know the first time defeated in Super Bowls, by the way. It was it was the first time the AFL had won. I'd also put the Cardinals Steelers ahead of the Rams and Titans, which they have at number eight. Which came down to a, it came down to the tackle at the two. It's a memorable play, man. It was a comeback for Tennessee. They were down big. They started to come back. Kevin Dyson comes up just short. That's a heck of a play. Uh, They do have the the Niners and Cincinnati game I was talking about at number seven. well, the Patriots own the, own the top four spots, by the way. The, the wide Patriots right, are involved in all four games at the top. The Giants the and the Bills wide right at six. Um, Steelers and Cowboys, 35-31 back at Super Bowl 13. That was the drop touchdown pass for the Cowboys in the end zone from their tight end. Brutal, right in the numbers, bam. Uh, and then you're right. Patriots have the top four games on here. The Falcons come back, which I agree. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles over the Patriots is number three. I don't get that one. I don't think of that as a great Super Bowl. Like, I don't remember much of it. Come on, Philly, of Philly, Philly special. Philly special. Come on, that's that's, that's, that's memorable. It, not more though. Not, not better than the games we just talked about. You know, I, for me, I don't put the Eagles game that high, and they have a number three. Uh, but the Giants, Patriots. The 17-14 undefeated. So it's the first time they got together against the undefeated team. They have it number two. And then the uh, Patriots and Seahawks give the damn ball to Marshawn Lynch game as they have his number one on the list, CBS Sports does, in terms of Super Bowls of all time. Hard to well, argue and, with those. That was a pretty sensational game. And and, and interestingly enough, like and the, the, the CBS story I think really brings up a really good point here. This had so much going into it because this was right on the heels of Deflategate. Right, that had been the big story in the two-week lead-up to that Super Bowl was Deflate Gate. Everybody descended here too, right? So, like for everybody that was here was watching the the NFL world descend onto Glendale, Arizona, and 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 to Phoenix and everywhere around Arizona for this big Super Bowl that was clouded in. Did the Patriots cheat again? Like that was the cloud hanging over this Super Bowl, and I remember. Because it was a Super Bowl that I got to cover when I was in school at the uh, lovely Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication at Arizona State. And it just, you felt it. Everywhere you went, you felt it. You felt this cloud just kind of being there and this discussion point being there when it was discussed everywhere. Like it was just, you could feel it at all times that it was this cloud hanging over. And then going into the game, you then have the, the memorable moment in the game of the decision to throw the ball instead of running the ball down at the one yard line. And so the game, the game had everything, and it was played right here in our backyard. Yeah, the top two actually were. I mean, uh, University of Phoenix Stadium, now State Farm Stadium, has um, been known for for big moments. Not even not even just Super Bowls, but 
college national championship games and so forth. You know, uh, Fiesta Bowls. It's been it, it's it's had its share of unbelievable moments in its in its short history. But an interesting list. Hopefully, we get a good game this week as well uh, with uh, with the, the right. Bucks and the and the, and the Let, Chiefs. No, I let's think do this. I think we're getting there. Let's let's do full sports radio take here. Mm-hmm. Pre before the game's even played, where do you think it ranks on the list when it's all said and done? We're gonna go totally sports radio take machine here. I'm gonna make you pick a spot here on the list. That I'll one tell you this. now you have 55 spots on the list. It's unfortunate that we have to be in the uh, the COVID era like we are right now and not have the traditional pomp and circumstance around the Super Bowl because I can't think of a Super Bowl that has had more personalities and star players involved in the game itself than this year. You know, if you go by just that, it's it's probably tops of the list. I mean, you've got Tom Brady, just the polarizing figure that he is. Patrick Mahomes, the sensation of the league over the course of the last three years. But if you look at both sides and the personalities, let's just start with the Bucks, right? Uh, with with Gronkowski, with Antonio Brown. You know, go down the list of guys: Mike Evans, uh, Fournette. Uh, I mean, the, the the Godwin, the firepower on that team on the defensive side. I mean, Sue. Uh, you know, go down the list of, of names and big personalities all on this over team. the place. And yeah. then you flip it over to the Chiefs and you got the same exact thing with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And I mean, the, the personalities in this, this particular Super Bowl are through the roof. Even the head coaches, you know, Andy Reid, who doesn't love Andy Reid as a, as a football guy and a person and Bruce Arians as well. And, you know, at, at this Super Bowl, it's unfortunate that we don't have the regular pomp and circumstance because the stories would have been, you know, just nonstop, and the uh, the personalities are huge. But so, on that respect, it should be great. It should be great, and it has. I think it has the opportunity to be great. I just think the Chiefs, and we're going to get to this in a moment with our picks. Please don't jump the gun, please. Don't I don't keep, know if we have. Pick. I don't know if we have a close football game. I just don't. And so, and that would because of that, everything I just said, the personalities, the fact that it's Brady and Mahomes, and. I think all of that is not necessarily something that 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 has staying power like the games we just discussed. Um, not giving it to Marshawn Lynch and so forth. The helmet catch with Tyree. I don't think it has that type of staying power because I don't know if this football game is that close. I don't know if in the uh, fourth quarter we're we're going to have that memorable moment. I'll tell you this, and we're going to preview the game in a second. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, t- we'll take a break and we'll come back. But if this game is close, considering the year that the last year has been for the world and everybody if the game is close and it is a competitive football game and this will be the the final chapter of this weird season that the nfl has put themselves through it's in the top 10 immediately immediately just on that alone plus because the personalities i agree so I, I think if the game is close, you consider the outside circumstances entering this football game, it is a top-ten Super Bowl. Well, and whoever makes the play or doesn't make the play, whoever makes the throw or has the big interception that they throw, uh, it's going to be a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady moment. Those are going to live. Right. Those are going to live. Those, yeah, yeah. And, so, and so if, that, that's part yes, of it as well. If it's a close game, it'll definitely end up in that, you know, in that range for sure. Coming up next, we will preview the football game, we will make our picks, and we will also discuss another list. Is this the greatest quarterback Super Bowl matchup in the history of the sport? We'll get into it next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, gentlemen, have to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. Valentine's Day is upon us. Make sure you're ready. 
for wherever the night may take you. Our friends over at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming, they're here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. You hear me talk about it all the time. Oh, two million men already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. The two gentlemen on this show uh, are in that number of two million. Mm -hmm. Start with the perfect package 3.0 led by the Lawnmower 3.0, the advanced skin safe technology, the cutting edge ceramic blade. Listen, let's reduce those grooming accidents, right? Lawnmower 3.0 is going to help you with that. It's also waterproof. It's got an LED light. You can use it in the shower. And then you have the crop preserver, the crop reviver. Speaking of the of this nice smelling products, you got the brand new Manscaped Refined Cologne Signature Scent. It's got the same scent that's in all of Manscaped's formulas, the cologne, the perfect complement to the collection. So why don't you just go over to manscaped.com, check out all the products. They got also got the underwear, the t-shirts, all sorts of stuff that you can get over there at Manscaped. Com. So go over there, check it out, get 20% off and free shipping if you use the promo code NOBLE. So manscaped.com, use the promo code NOBLE, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Okay, I appreciate the music, Sean. Yeah, forget I the do, list. I, Let's just get to it. Let's get to the no, meat dude, and well, potatoes of the segment, hold, Schubert. Hold on, because the Twitter detectives have done wonders. What happened? They have gone onto Trevor Bauer's website. Oh, and they have noticed, they have noticed Schubert, it's where that there is that there is a link to a t-shirt that is Mets related on his website. And there's also a potential giveaway for a signed Trevor Bauer Mets hat. No, 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 I don't know. No, I don't know. You don't you keep no. No, I'm just I'm just updating the story. You're killing earlier. me, Smalls. It's not a new 60 seconds, I'm just updating you. Like they, they, I'm just updating you that the Twitter detectives have been on it, and it appears as though he's going to be a Met, or he's going to be a Dodger. Not really sure yet. Okay, you can give me back the, you can give me back the, you can give me back the football music. I don't know, man. I have Twitter open on the other screen in case something breaks while we're doing the show, and while we're doing that whole segment on ranking Super Bowls, people are dissecting Trevor Bauer's like link tree store that has like a new T-shirt apparently that's there. I don't know. I just figured I would share it. Can't wait to watch Trevor Bauer in a Dodger uniform next next season. Okay, so we got the football music. I do want to talk about this list, Sean, that has Tom Brady and we'll Patrick Mahomes. Meat and potatoes. Let's do it. I want picks. Fine. Meat and now. potatoes. It's official. Schubert, I need you to give me your 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 your, your pick. I need a score. Okay. I need why. I need it now. Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to be consistent. I've done this in a, in a various number of places all week. I will be consistent. Thirty-four. 28. Those of you keeping keeping track at home, that's the over. That is the score. 34-28. Tom Brady wins another one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this Super Bowl. Bruce Arians wins his first Super Bowl as a head coach. Sean, this is really simple for me. This Tampa Bay defense is playing much better than it was when these two teams met in Week 12. And I think Todd Bowles is a very, very good defensive coordinator. That's why he got all these head coaching interviews during this process. He is going to fix the mistakes that we saw plague this team in that Week 12 matchup. The Bucs are a different football team for them. So are the Chiefs, by the way. I, I want to make that clear. Both of these teams are not the same teams that we saw in Week in week 12. But I think Todd Bowles is going to be able to do enough defensively to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't stop the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I have them putting up four touchdowns in this football game, 28 points, right? You don't, you don't stop them, but slow them down. And listen, Tom Brady's been here, done that. He very rarely makes mistakes in Super Bowl games. I don't think he's going to throw three second-half interceptions like he did against Green Bay because, Sean, if he doesn't do that, we're talking about a Tampa Bay team that rolled into a Super Bowl, right? And I think that would change the conversation that we're having. 
I don't think that happens. I don't think he throws three interceptions in this football game. I don't think they turn the ball over. This defense should be healthy enough to go. This is very defense-oriented for me. I think Tampa Bay and Todd Bowles are going to be able to do enough. It's close. 34-28, that is the over, but I'm going Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians. You almost said the exact same score that I had in my head. That's why I reacted the way I did when you said your score. Uh, and I hear you. Listen, the last time the Tampa Bay Bucks lost a football game was to this Kansas City Chiefs team in Week 12. That's the last time that they lost a football game. They I went into it. a bye week, and then they've won, it, they've won since. Final score, 34-27 is what I've been Ooh. giving. I've been giving that all week, so I thought you were okay. going down the exact same road as I have been going. But I've got the Kansas City Chiefs repeating as Super Bowl champions. We are currently in the longest drought of no repeat champions in NFL history. Not even Super Bowl history, NFL history. The longest drought uh, without a repeat champion in NFL history right now. I think that is snapped. And here's why. I think you've got, you're going to see, and this is going to be a higher, this is why I have the over in this. Because... The uh, I think you have both teams who have been there and done that. Not only mm-hmm. the players, but the coaches, right? Coaches have both been right. there and done that. Bruce wasn't a head guy, but he's been there. He's got a ring as an assistant with the Steelers and so forth. Coaches Knows have been what there. it takes to score points in the Super Bowl. Coaches have been there and done that. Quarterbacks have been there and done that. A lot of the guys that are uh, positional players that are going to be relied on have been there and done that. I don't think you have the early game jitters that you normally get in the Super Bowl where you come out slow, right? You go out there and you got to get those butterflies out. You got to get hit a couple nothing times. Six nothing at the end of the first yeah, quarter. You go, right? you, not go, happening. you go, you go. Both teams go three and out and punt to start. Like yeah. that's that's not going to be this game. They're going to come out shooting. It's going to come out firing. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs get out on top early. I don't think they look back. I, I have it as a one-score game, but I don't believe it's. I don't. I don't think in the fourth quarter we're like, oh man, this is you know, hold on to the edge of your seat type moments. I think Kansas City gets up by a couple of scores, and they kind of just goes that way throughout the game. This must pain you. It must pain you to say this. I was texting with a buddy. What's up, Kip? He (laughs) listens to the show from time to time. (laughs) This has got to pain you. He's a a diehard uh, Kansas City Chiefs guy. He's been there. He's he's, uh, from that area. And he he asked me for my prediction early on in the week, and I said, so you're asking me for the couldn't possibly get worse Super Bowl prediction, huh? Uh, the Tuck Rule versus the Team in Red. As a Raiders fan, that's the only way I can refer to these two teams. The Tuck Rule and the, uh, the uh, that Team in Red that we don't need to really worry about. Um, yeah, the Team in Red is going to win this football game, and I think they win it easily. Uh, I, I think they're up by more than a score for a lot of this football game, and they, they get out with, you know, like I said, a 34-27 win. I think I think a lot of this is going to hinge on Ken Tampa, and I, and I, and I say this in a way – that they don't need to focus on this completely because I think this would be going away from their game plan. But there's an opportunity here to run the ball on this Chiefs defense, right? They're not necessarily great at stopping the run. But Tampa has struggled to consistently find their running game with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. So they've struggled all year in being able to find consistency there. I think they need to find some semblance of balance and some semblance of consistency there because I think the name of the game is don't give Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs extra possessions. And that means don't turn the ball over and don't have a lot of three and outs. Well, because those what, are extra possessions you're going to give to the other side. And then you find yourself in a situation where you're like Buffalo two weeks ago and you're kicking field goals and it's not making a dent because the other team's just going to go down and score a touchdown. 
I mean, it's, can't it's, afford it. It's true. I mean, you can run on on this, the Chiefs' defense, and and that's kind of the goal to slow it down to limit possessions, right? Like that well, not, was not slow it down in the sense that like change your entire philosophy because BA still going to want to throw it. You still right. have to do what you do best. But I think three and outs are, are, are your arch nemesis but because a, it's just extra oh, extra it is. possessions. It is from a defensive standpoint though. You've seen teams like the Buffalo Bills who you go back to their matchup with the Chiefs in Week Six. Uh, and they lost to the Chiefs 26 to 17, but the fact that they kept the game, they kept the Chiefs at 26. 26. The Bills, the Bills thought that's the way to do it, and what they did is they forced them to run the football. The problem is they ran the football really well against the uh, the Buffalo Bills that day, uh, in the tune of 245 yards, and and so the score was, you know, the, the the Chiefs still won the game, but the Bills thought, okay, that's still a manageable number, 26. Yes. So they tried to bring that same philosophy into the AFC Championship game, Couldn't and the all ball. the Chiefs did was adjust to that and turn their quote-unquote running game into quick passes, quick hitters to the tight end in the hole in the zone, or a quick hit to Tyree Hill or, or Tyree Hill who out on the island, and he makes a play and he breaks it for 30. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's what do you do against this Chiefs offense? The best thing to do, like like you said, is don't give them extra possessions. No three and outs. No turnovers. You have to play so clean. Your your line, the the line you walk against the Kansas City Chiefs. The margin is so of error is fine. zero. It's, it's zero. It's you just it, it's almost. I keep saying it. it. Almost feels like old school arena football where you don't get. You have to get. You give the ball up one time and you're like, damn. Well, there it went. Game's over. It almost feels that way at times playing this Chiefs defense. Uh, Chiefs offense. And here's another thing. You've watched the the Bucks. Very closely this year, doing a Bucks I podcast, have, yes. and, and yes. you know you have some personal friends that are related there. Um, when they're at their best, what is Todd Bowles doing? He's sending pressure. What can't you do against this Chiefs can't team? Can't send pressure. I know. No, listen. And, it's and something I, I and thought I about. Get it. Listen, I get it. Their their bookends on the offensive line, both tackles are out. So you're thinking, let's go after them, let's get them. But the problem is, Patrick Mahomes does things that most quarterbacks can't do. Like, you don't see nine-step drops in the NFL. You do with the Chiefs because he can fling it. He can just flick it off his back foot and still fit it into tight areas with ease. So you can send that pressure off the edge. But if you're not getting home, now all of a sudden I've got Tyreek Hill on those islands I talk about. And if they get the ball to him in space, forget about it if you're a corner. So that's what I don't feel. And, And we saw it in the first quarter when they got together in Week 12. Tyreek Hill had 200 yards receiving in the first quarter. Because they were sending pressure yeah. and they had him on a single man coverage, it 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 just you can't do it. And unfortunately, when that defense for the Bucks is at its best, that's exactly what they're doing. They're going to have to find a way to get pressure with just four, have a spy, and maintain and try to keep try to keep Mahomes in the pocket. But it's you know the Ra- the Raiders were able to do it successfully in their first matchup with the Chiefs. They weren't able to do it successfully in the second matchup with the Chiefs, though they did make that a close game too. They're the only team that's been able to kind of contain Patrick Mahomes and make him make off-balance throws throughout a football game, and they were able to get to him. Nobody else has been able to. That's what you're going to have to do. Rush four, utilize a spy from time to time to try to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket because when he extends plays, forget about it. But it's just it, I when I look at the Bucks, when I see their defense, when they're at their best, they're sending pressure. They're getting creative. Right. Todd Bowles is sending different, you know, different looks at the quarterback. God, you just—that's so dangerous against this Chiefs team because now I've got—I uh, might have single high. I might have man coverage on Tyreek Hill out on an island. I just—I just can't see a scenario where the Bucks win this football game. I don't. Listen, 
I'll say this. You're absolutely spot on. I agree with your analysis 100%, but I wonder if because of the injuries to the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs, if now you don't have to send pressure, if your four up front can get the job done, right? I, I wonder if you can now start to scheme a little bit differently because Kansas City is banged up on the other side. And Sean, I would look at it this way. Every three and out that you can make the Chiefs go is, 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 is basically three points for you. It's the way that I would look at it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the way I would look at it's it because so you stop the Chiefs. You stop the Chiefs from doing anything offensively. You now have you have possession. You can run the clock down a little bit, and even if you end up with three, that that's a win for you. But I, I think every time you stop the Chiefs, that that's a home run. I mean, if you make them go three and out twice in this football game, I think you have a chance to win. And it, and it's weird to say that out loud, but I think that's what we're talking about here because I think both offenses can score. Right now, we haven't really touched on Tampa's offense. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady. They can score offensively. They just need to create enough havoc on the other side of the ball to, to just slow down the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they do just enough. I mean, I have it being a six-point game, 34-28. I have it being close. You have it as a touchdown game. So you, we're not saying this is going to be a blowout. At least I'm not. I don't see so a I, blowout. I just see a two-score. You know one of those two-score games where you, the Chiefs got on them early. Maybe they get up by 10. Then they get it back down to 7 or down to three, but the Chiefs score again, and we're kind of at that two-score area for the for the don't, for the length. Of don't the have a big lead game. against Brady in a Super Bowl, okay? You never, feel you, never, like that. you never want that. You don't By want the way, a big I'm looking at the three lead. I'm looking at Super Football Bowl Outsiders right now, trying to see the. Uh, Look the at you going to an analytics website. For oh, the I'm not Super using Bowl. it for Love what this. you think I'm using. I'm just looking, Love trying this. to find the three and out statistics for for this year to see where the Chiefs are at. Uh, I don't have that one pulled up, but the first thing I do see is their average yards per drive. It's, it's 43.6. Right. Okay. So there you go. There's your answer. <laughs> Stop that. Slow that number down. Oh, that's, ri- that's just game. a, that's ridiculous. I'm closing this website. I did. I hate this team, but they are going to win. Hey. All right. So you're going, you're going, um, I almost said Patriots. You're going chiefs. Yeah. And back to back with the repeat with the homes. I'm going with the Buccaneers and Tom Brady winning another one in NBA winning his first. All right, Sean, I, I want to at least mention this before we close the show. We were mentioning lists all throughout the show here today. And we're doing Noble Live on Sunday, right? In preparation for the Super Bowl. That is, oh, that is confirmed. Yes. We can confirm that here on the show. So we are confirming. more of this. More of this on Sunday, Noble Live, Facebook. We'll, we'll go through it all, cash in with Crespin, preview the, the big game. Maybe we'll discuss what snacks we're making for the big game, right? Sean, different snacks for you this year with, with, the, with the weight loss. So we'll, have to, we'll, yeah. we'll, have to, we'll have to get a, a little bit of an insight on what you're making for, for the Super Bowl. Um, but there was a list put together of the top quarterback matchups in Super Bowl history. And number one on this list, by the way, this was also a CBS Sports list, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. game hasn't even been played yet. The game has not even been played yet, and they are calling this the greatest quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history. And the thing that bothered Sean and I both the most about this list, when we pulled it up, it said Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes as if the two have any sort of interaction with each other and can stop stop each other from being successful in the game. It's just ridiculous. We all have our pet peeves in sports, right? That's yours. That's yours. You you hate that one. Oh, like win the press conference. Like, shut up. Uh, You know, they're just pet peeves. But quarterback... You you say that? You say that? Nick Sirianni wishes he won the press conference. He wishes he won the press conference. Quarterback v. quarterback to me is the dumbest thing we talk about or keep stats for because there's so many... Like I always tell you when you when you when your analytic nerd alert things that you throw out from time to time, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, there's too many there's too many variables here. 
Quarterback versus quarterback is the dumbest thing. They're never on the field at the same time. The defense they're each facing is completely different. So there's different challenges there. One has a harder, you know, probably a more difficult task to overcome opposed to the other. Uh, the offensive play caller for each quarterback is different. They have different philosophies. One might be a better play caller than the other. Like to just to say, like, oh, hey, this quarterback versus that quarterback is the dumbest thing ever. That being said, what's the list? <laughs> what's so the list? To- so the list has Tom Brady mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl on Sunday, number one All right. uh, on the list before they've even played. Uh, and by the way, I, I think it's I think it's extremely fair to say that this is the best quarterback that Brady will have faced in a Super Bowl. Like I, I, I did this thought exercise before, and I thought, you know, he he played Nick Foles in a Super Bowl, Jake Delhomme, Matt Ryan, Donovan McNabb, uh, Eli Manning twice, like the, just some of the names that I, Kurt Warner, like I immediately thought of a couple there. And and all the good quarterbacks or great quarterbacks he faced, he kind of faced en route to a Super Bowl, right? Going through Peyton Manning and going through Ben sure. Roethlisberger, right? He did that on the AFC side of things. So I'll read you just the top 10 and you can give me your reaction. Uh, Joe Montana, Dan Marino mm-hmm. in, in 1985, number two on the list. Joe Montana, John Elway in 1990. John Elway and Brett Favre in 98. Terry Bradshaw versus Roger Starback both times uh, in, in 76 and 79. Breeze versus Peyton Manning oh, in yeah. 2010. Rogers Roethlisberger in 2011. That's what Brady number? Warner. That is in 2011. That is Super Bowl XLV. Oh, what number on the list? I was seven. Seven, seven on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brady Kurt Warner is number eight on the list in 2002. Bart Starr versus Len Dawson is number nine in 1967. And then Aikman, Jim Kelly in 93 and 94 rounds out the top 10. I like that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good list, but I, I would agree. Roethlisberger, Warner, uh, Cardinal Super Bowl 11 on this list. Okay. So just outside the top 10. That's, that's pretty, a pretty mm-hmm. solid one. But n- none of those live up to this one, in my opinion. I, I, I really, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's playing in his 10th Super Bowl in Tom Brady. Maybe the ten, most ten of them. polarizing figure. Uh, in 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 recent memory for the National Football League, because you, people don't even have to be a football fan to know all about Tom Brady, right? You just a casual <laughs> right. American knows all about Tom Brady. If you go to a Super Bowl party this year, um, and somebody who hasn't watched a second of football throughout the year, they're just there for the commercials and the bean dip. They'll know all about Tom Brady. Nice. So bean you know dip. he's he's one of the more polarizing figures we've had in recent history in the NFL. And then you team that up with the new sensation for the last four years, right? Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is probably the best quarterback. You want to call it a matchup, even though it's not. You know, I just went off on it's that. Still a matchup. Still, still a matchup. matchup. They're not versus each other. Uh, but yeah, you want to talk about the quarterback matchup? This is this is there. This might be one of the best ones we've had in a long, long time. And I have no problem with them putting it number one on the list. Just don't say that they're versus each other because they're not. Sorry. <laughs> the teams are against each other it's so it just drives me nuts drives me nuts yes, they have, Pet they have no mind. impact on the performance of well, the other quarterbacks they well, have and again like who, who's got the better defense they're not going up against it's not equal you know what i mean so they're not playing against each other like i, I gotta go up against a defense like say if i'm back in the day some of those lists you just went down where somebody had to take on the, the steeler steel curtain you know, and then you had the, on the other side. Well, is, unfair, yeah. And then on the other side is probably some middle of the road defense. You know what I mean? Like, which quarterback yeah. has it better in that situation? It's not. It's not qu- quarterback one versus quarterback two. It's not A versus B. There's, no, I mean, different play callers, different everything, different weapons. Like, if I've got Randy Moss on my side, you know, and and you've got Joe Schmo receiver as number one on the other side. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what, what do you? It's not equal. It's the dumbest thing we do. Oh, Brady versus Manning. No. Colts versus Patriots, and it's just stop, you know? Okay, well, on that note, before Sean uh, absolutely <laughs> blows a gasket on everybody. It's so annoying. 
Sorry. We're going to get out of here on a Friday. Hope uh, hope everyone has enjoyed the show. You can always follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at SCrespin02. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate, follow, subscribe, share with all your friends and family and loved ones. Please, we really uh, do appreciate it. We're back on Sunday. Noble Live. Sean and I will get you ready for the, uh, the Super Bowl festivities. I'll be honest with you. Don't have much of a plan yet. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to have cash in with Crespin. We'll probably talk about snacks for the game. But other than that, just come join us. We're going to hang out talking football for about 45 yeah. minutes. So I'll be honest with you. It's just there's one game, we'll, and we're going to talk about it. But other than that, it's just going to be a roller coaster ride of emotions as we get ready for the, the last game of the NFL season. So on that note, everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Sunday.